You hear that? That's the sound of me, a race car driver taking a turn at 200 miles per hour. And because I drive fast, I'm the perfect person to talk about how to protect your car and home, right? So let's shift this into high gear and get... This spokes athlete has been interrupted by AAA Insurance. With affordable auto and home insurance plus America's most recommended roadside assistance, AAA doesn't need athlete endorsements because we offer coverage confidence. Visit AAA.com for details and choose coverage confidence. AAA, outsmart life. and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and City podcast where we shoot the shit about every episode of Sex and City, the two movies, and of course, we just finished recording the reboot, the revival. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and of course, I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm doing really good. I'm coming out of a sickness that had taken over my life for about five days. It wasn't COVID. It was not COVID, but I'm feeling good. Good. I am too. We are finished and just like that, we're recording at a normal time, 3 p.m. Yes. on a Monday. We're back to our old schedule. I know. It feels good. feels right. It feels like a warm hug. And I want everyone to know your episodes are now coming back out on Wednesdays. We're jumping right back into season two. We're going to go through the whole series, the two movies, and we'll see if there's an in just like that season two and we have to take another pause. But as of now... <laughs> We're back, guys. We're back in the the thick of it, and I'm excited. Yeah, we're we're back. It felt good to be back. It felt good to see Samantha again. It felt good to see just like our gals, our girls. It felt good to be with our old camera. I was like, this looks different. Yeah, it felt good to just... Um... We're on film. We weren't on whatever new shows are filmed on. <laughs> right. Video. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, do you even know? I should. I know somewhere in the back of my mind. I want to get into two things before we get into this episode. And should we start with um, the things I have to say to our listeners? Please. Guys, I love each and every one of you. I really do. Cherish. You all are wonderful people. We appreciate you listening. But I'm putting you all on high fucking alert. (laughs) If one more of you leaves a nasty review, I'm going to lose it. And I don't know how... That loss is going to manifest itself, but you all are going to get it. And you don't want me to lose my temper because I can't come back. No. And if you think, you know, Chris has a slight attitude problem now. Oh, if you think I'm a mean asshole now, wait till I snap. Everyone has a breaking point as my favorite AMC shows. AMC? What channel does Snapped come on? AMC? Like, was it Mad Men, then Breaking Bad, then Snapped? Oh, yeah. Is Snapped on Lifetime? Snap yeah. is on, like, the ID channel. Yeah, okay. Everyone has a breaking point, much like Snapped from the ID channel, and I will snap. Now, Sam, I wasn't going to read this review. Would you like to read it? Because this is the one that really I'll got read me. It. Yeah. So, let me just start by saying something. Like, 95% of our reviews are good. They're nice. They're, you know, supportive. They understand our banter, our sense of humor with one another. You seem to enjoy the podcast, okay? So I usually don't I usually don't like to read reviews because just I just have learned it's best not. But for some reason the other day I was like something was calling me to go to our shortcomings podcast reviews. I'm scrolling and I see some really nice ones. You scroll through about 18 of them that are mean about me. No, the ones at the top are really nice, actually. Oh, that's good. About both of us. 
Then I get to one called Used to Love It by underscore mama of seven. (laughs) Now, this person says, this should be Chris's podcast only. Sam has nothing intelligent, important, or interesting to say. I am sick of just hearing with hearing her just agree with whatever he's saying in her dumb valley girl voice using Gen Z slang. She's probably too old to use. The actual show analysis that Chris gives is really good, though. Three stars. And what I want to say to you, to you people, and again, most of you are nice. I mean, your analysis is really good. That's why you have this podcast. But no, first and foremost, what I want to say to everyone <laughs> is there is this whole thought process of like, oh, don't read the reviews. That should not be like how this works. Reviews should be a place where if you want to leave something and say something that actually could help us make the podcast better. Yeah. We would. I love that. I seek out constructive criticism. I thrive. I seek out constructive criticism. I think it's wonderful. Totally. It's one of the reasons I read our reviews. Yeah, because it's like I want to know if our audio sucks. I want to know if they're liking this or if they're disliking that. Well, it seems the audio what is the one I thing they do like. Need what I don't need is people commenting on my intelligence. <laughs> because listen, it's just nasty. I'm not a scholar. Neither of us are scholars. We are two idiots who were shipped mics and now we're talking. Right. <laughs> and now we're talking. And it's like, I don't know what's going on. But I just want to know. I want to know what Gen Z slang is. I don't. Well, and I probably am too old to use it. But I, I think don't you care. are Gen Z. No, I'm not. I'm a millennial. I thought millennial stopped in 1990. Weren't you born in 91? I don't know. What's a millennial? No. No, wait. A millennial yeah. is. Who's the. Who's the unintelligent one now? I um, hey, I didn't write the review. Don't we'll, we're turning <laughs> on each other. She I got know, what she wanted. Kind of spiking. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want to say there is no reason if you have a review, make it a critical one, sure. Say the audio's not great. Yeah, come after Brian, producer Brian. He's Yeah, he's, drag him left and right. Excuse me? No, don't come after him either cuz yeah, he's don't a king actually, and we he's really great. He's the only person keeping this train running. <laughs> Say something that would actually make it better. But I feel that these reviews are such personal attacks. And by the way, I have other friends who have podcasts. I'm seeing the reviews on other podcasts and people are just crazy. It's not appropriate. People, there are people behind this mic. Sam and I are two people who actually have a friendship. You all don't know anything about it. Chill out, listen, or may I advise you all to simply turn it off and say nothing. That is always an option. And I always say, I get it a lot that, you know, my voice isn't for everybody. Your voice is great. To some people, it's not. And that's okay. But keep that to yourself. Talk shit about me behind my back like a normal person. And a polite person. I don't care what any of you, if you you hate this podcast, send it to your friends and talk about it in the group chat. In fact, we'd really appreciate that because that would up our listenership. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to let it get us down. No, I'm not going to let us get it down. But I am going to tell you all, if you leave one more negative review, I'm coming for you. And I don't know how, because there's no platform by which I can, but I will find one and I'm coming for all of you. And I want to encourage everyone who loves this podcast who has not left a review to leave a positive one. We are reading them. (laughs) At the end of the day. Enough of that. Before we get into the episode, I did just want to finish up the And Just Like That documentary. I know some people messaged me and said that they wanted to hear kind of a full episode 
And while I loved the documentary, I don't really have that much else to say about it, except that it was really wonderfully put together. It was heavy on costuming, low on the writer's room. And maybe that was a problem within just like that, just in general. Yeah. I do want to talk about, and Sam, do you want to admit something? Have you seen this documentary? No. (laughs) She has been sick, guys. Well, actually, you got a lot of other content out during that time. I gotta be honest. Like, I just was like, I can't. There's just, there also just wasn't that much. If I feel like if I had texted you and said there's some revelation in there, you would have watched. No one was even posting about it. No, it's just a lovely documentary, but there's not like we reveal anything. But what I will say is there is a moment between Sarah Jessica Parker and Michael Patrick King about a hat that is chilling. And it's. Why? There, I mean, this hat, we're like putting the hat on. We're like saying the hat's iconic and classic between costume designer Molly Rogers and SJP. And they're nervous. They're like, this hat is everything, but we know Michael Patrick King is going to kill it. Does she wear the hat in the show? She does not. They get to set. He takes it off. You see him telling her, and it's like her whole body changes. You see that little SJP that Kim, Kim Cattrall was talking about. Really? A little bit. I saw it. She's like shaken to her core. She's like, well, now I feel like I can't do this. And like, she, it just like the whole, that removal of the hat, it was honestly chilling. Uh, maybe I need to watch. Maybe just that moment. I'll get you a timestamp. <laughs> yeah, get me a timestamp, Kristen. Let me know. But I think that's what people want to talk about. Other than that, it was really sweet. It does seem like there's a genuine friendship between SJP, Kim, C- uh, Kim Cattrall. <laughs> Oh. SJP, Cynthia Nixon, and Kristen Davis, they seem to really, really enjoy and love each other. The hat moment was fascinating to watch. Fascinating to see them clearly cut out Chris Noth. Very lovely stuff about um, Willie Garson and a story she, Sarah Jessica Parker tells about how he would always say to her, oh, Stanford's everyone's favorite character. And she says, I think he may have been right. So very sweet stuff, but... um. Not worthy of a full episode as I'm coming up empty on saying anything else. So now that we've talked about the doc and our reviewers, there's one (laughs) last thing we got to talk about. Yeah. Did you see Sarah Ramirez's tweets this weekend? She got into it. Her tweets? She tweeted, hey, it's Che Diaz. Oh, I did. I did see that. Yes. I don't know what it means. I, I love that it's like at the end, she's like, all right, I have a sense of humor about all this. They did give an interview over the weekend, and they say that they don't recognize themselves in Che, but well, they're really proud of the rep- of what? Who could? Someone out there, maybe. That's true. They say, I'm really proud of the representation that we've created. We have built a character who is a human being, who is imperfect, who is complex, who is not there to be liked, and who's not here for anybody's approval. They're here to be themselves. And you can say a lot about Che, but they were themselves. <laughs> yeah. And that themselves that was were. a loser. And just like that, uh, they were a loser. And I hope Che does join us when, if and when we get a season two, but only for an episode. I bet they break up. Yeah, I, I only want up. Che around for one more episode. But Che is iconic. I mean, at the end of the day. Oh. Che became a legend. Hey, it's Che Diaz. I mean, it's nothing like it. Remember when I thought everyone was loving it? Oh, 
My God, that was the funniest <laughs> fucking day of my life. I don't understand you the really, internet. Like, as you I were either. reposting what people were saying, and I was like, and people were sending it to me, making. like, "Oh, look at this," and I was like, "I know, I love them." And I was like, "I don't think Chris knows that." I didn't you're making fun of Jay. I didn't at all, <laughs> and you didn't. No, missing Che Diaz. Should we get into the episode? Yes, let's get into season two. Episode 12. So we're going to start with a little episode synopsis. This feels so good. I feel like back at home. I know. Yeah. It After those chaotic 9 a.m. and just like that episodes, it's like, I feel like tethered to the world. Yeah. When you were like putting out outlines at 7 a.m. Just typing out nonsense. like, And then <laughs> yeah. Carrie got fingered. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Carrie got fingered. Wait. <laughs> and no. I still don't know what Miranda happened on in just like that. But in terms of an episode synopsis, Carrie realizes she's in an S&M relationship with Big. Charlotte's love of shoes pushes her into a fetish. Miranda dates another man who pushes her boundaries. And Samantha isn't up to very much in this episode at all. She's not, but when she's on screen, her presence just really warmed me. Because I was just happy to see her. I was too, but I do have to say this is kind of a perfect episode to come into after and just like that. Because to me, it felt like an episode of and just like that. No Samantha, Charlotte's doing comedy work, Miranda's getting fucked, and Carrie's going <laughs> through it. It's I was like, huh, this it, is not that different than anything we just watched for the past <laughs> nine weeks. Right. Yeah. I, As everyone knows, this is my favorite episode of the entirety of Sex and the City, the two movies, and in Just Like That. So, by the way, I think we all know my score for the end of this one. Chris, I have a confession. What? For about six months since we've been doing this podcast, you've told me that this is your favorite episode. And you had no I've idea what episode always, it was? And I, I thought it was a completely different episode. <laughs> <laughs> this entire time, Look, I was thinking it was- it's a weird one to land on. It's very- when, when, I re- when I put it on to watch it for this podcast, I was like, this is the episode he's talking about? I thought you were talking about the episode where Carrie and Big fall in the water. No, that is the end of this season, I believe. I think right. that's the season two finale. Or is, that- or is it the season three finale? Three. <laughs> I think it's three. God damn it if we're not always thinking season three is season two. <laughs> yes, the end of this. We're the, a goddamn the mess. End of, I just the end like of this a- season is the the way we were moment. At yeah, the I just feel like the dumbest person. Because for months I've been like, oh, love that episode. Love that episode. Look, love this is my this is this is it. my favorite episode. However, rewatching it with, you know, having to take notes on it and think about it in a critical way, I discovered some flaws, but I will never be able to get away my deep affection for this episode. And it's probably the episode of Sex and the City I have seen the most. And I really do like it. Just starting from kind of the top, I love the title, the idea of the exquisite pain um, in terms of a breakup. And I was reading up on the phrase in general and what I love about it is is it's obviously French, and it was, I don't know if it was created for this, but what it refers to is different than unrequited love, because unrequited mm-hmm. love has to do with the other person, right? There is this idea that it's yeah. a mutual relationship. The idea of the exquisite pain is the feeling that only the person who is scorned would feel. Wow. And there's something That's just deep. kind of meaningful and lovely about that. And of course, we're dealing through that with through the lens of S and M in that restaurant. Do you want to hear the monologue and then get what into a it? Non-co- what a what a not COVID friendly place. 
No, that place has been shut down for sure. <laughs> that place, the city was like, we can't. No. Let's hear the monologue and then get into it. In love relationships, there is a fine line between pleasure and pain. In fact, it's a common belief that a relationship without pain is a relationship not worth having. To some, pain implies growth. But how do we know when the growing pains stop and the pain pains take over? Are we masochists or optimists if we continue to walk that fine line? When it comes to relationships, how do you know when enough is enough? First and foremost, I love that monologue. I think it's one of my favorites. I love the Barbara Streisand Donna Summer ending, Enough is Enough, one of the best duets of all time. Yeah. No More Tears, which that's got to be a nice little reference there. And it just also, we should just say, felt really good to be back in Carrie's writing loving arms. Just to hear the voiceover, I was Ugh. like, oof, we're home, baby. Like, I know, I know what's going on. Monologue. I know, to hear that monologue, I was like, it felt nice to be familiar with what's going to happen. Like, I, but the, I enjoyed that aspect of Injust Like That, like, where I really had no idea at any, at any point what was, what was coming for us. Scene to scene, line to line, we were untethered from reality. Yeah, from, I mean, hey, it's Che, Rambo, I've been doing some weed, like, you just never knew what you were going to get. But with this, it was like, it was just nice. And I myself, like, hearing that monologue, I struggle with that, too. I have a hard time with, like, knowing when, like, what the fine line is between, like, is this good that this is happening or is it just hurting me? What I also love about that monologue is the idea that pain isn't necessarily always a good thing and how do you figure that out, right? I think many of us certainly go through a lot of relationships and think that the pain and the drama is a necessary part of it. Like, if there, if it isn't there... What is, where's the oomph? And in fact, I think that'll be something with Carrie and Aiden, like that there is no drama in their relationship and it will worry her. Mm -hmm. And here it's, how long am I supposed to feel this pain and this tension? Like, when is it going to end and just become easy? And sadly, now that we know and just like that, it's like, well, as soon as it gets easy, Peloton's going to take them out. Yeah, Peloton is off of the side. (laughs) Now, I will say that while we did not get a Samantha storyline, I love the fact that in lieu of that, we spend time with Stanford. What a great, I'm so glad. It was like a nice little replacement. I know. And and we should also add that I went back and watched Evolution, the episode before this, before I jumped into mm-hmm. uh, Dolores Squeeze. And that was a very heavy Samantha episode. So it's just, I'm sure they were wanted to just give her a little bit of a break. She's got group scenes and that's about it. But I love that instead of just focusing on the three gals, they give us a Stanford storyline. And one of the things we've talked about, or at least that I remember us talking about, is that over the course of the show, we'll see less, the original show, we'll see less and less Stanford. So I was just so happy to get into a storyline that was just about him. Yeah, and it was a fun storyline. It was very, I mean, now that there's like social media and Tinder and Bumble and all of that, it like it even, it resonates even more. I do want to just make a quick and just like that detour because I I couldn't help but wonder, shouldn't Stanford be involved in Carrie's professional life more than Samantha? Like why would a writer need a PR person? Whereas Stanford is a talent manager, which seems like something she would need because you only need PR for your individual book, which the publishing company should be able to do. And in fact, we've seen them doing. So it's just an interesting 
conflation of the two is if but lols it's not like this show cares about their professional lives that deeply but i just thought let's get you know more stanny but of course in the original show it just always i'm so sad that we were robbed of more time with him in the original um and obviously with his passing we were robbed of time with him in the revival yeah I love that he's invited to girls' night at the beginning. He's so fun over calling her Mistress Ugh. Carrie over the cosmos. Wasn't very happy with that. Charlotte ordering a Diet Coke. I was like, come on, Charlotte. No, I was wondering that as well because when the guy, the waiter came over and was delivering, you know, the drinks to the table, I was like, who ordered the Diet Coke? I rewound it. It was Sharshar. Okay, with her kinky curls. <laughs> I kink my hair. Yeah, Samantha was like, what the fuck are you wearing? And she was like, I kinked my hair. She's so cute. I was cute. like, oh boy. <laughs> she's, she's really something And else. she is disgusted. We'll go back and watch her face acting, guys. She's really giving it as that waiter comes Horrified. over. I feel like I might have, re- I would maybe react the same way. I wish I wouldn't. I feel like I, I would want to be a Samantha and be fun. But I feel like, I mean, you got... I would an be, ass all over the place. I would be originally Charlotte, but then I would not have ordered a Diet Coke and then two drinks and I would have been like, this is what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, you would have loosened up. So we discover that through this theme of S&M and fetishes that Stanford has a underwear fetish. And before he goes over to talk about it with Carrie, we are treated to a little conversation with him on his little computer he's in an old school chat room mm. now did you take note take of what's back? going on in that chat in room what'd you say are you asking if i took notes of what was going on in the chat mm-hmm. oh yeah ricky martin is hot 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 well let me read it to you okay please rick nine plus i've got plenty want to do it chicago cock somebody i am me Cal Spear, guess what's snuggling in my briefs? <gasps> Eric P. Spandex, anyone? Dick Dick. <laughs> anyone in P-Town, August 9th? <laughs> Cal Spear, Ricky Martin is hot, hot, hot! <laughs> dick Dick. They don't make monuments for what I do. What the fuck is going on in this chat room? What is going on? I gotta get in there. Because <laughs> this is yeah. wild. Yes. No one seems to be having a conversation with one another. They're simply just throwing things out to the universe. I like just somebody. I am me. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> they don't make monuments for what I do. <laughs> but then. Anyone going to P Town August 9th? We do love P Town. You know, we love a historical, like, gay uh, There, you guys. Town. Very cute. I've been to P-Town before, and it was I was in eighth grade, going into ninth grade, and I still think about a turkey sandwich I had in P-Town. I still think about it. I think a lot of people who've been to P-Town think about other things that they got while they oh, were there. I think a lot of them me. are trying I to build monuments that. to things, whatever that means. I, or, um, I think about the turkey sandwich with cranberry on it. Oh, my God. They were hanging out with Dick Dick and Chicago Cock. <laughs> They were. Chicago I mean, I Cock. love these names. Kyle Spear. And then to just have someone named Eric P. Just, he's like putting it all out there. That would have been me, who's like every single thing I've ever made on the internet has been named C. Lewis 1219 because I was sure it would be like, well, this is going to be, I'm going to have this forever. This has got to be professional. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not uh, Dick Dick. Or Kyle Spear. What would your uh, screen name be? 
if you were in this I chat. I think it would be C. Lewis twelve nineteen. <laughs> And it also would like have my phone number in it. It would just be like all my information, yeah. just like re- my social. It would just be like all out there for everyone to get at. Great. I am number one person to be catfished and have my identity stolen. <laughs> How about you? My screen name was. What was it? Should we call in the remember. guy who came into your Instagram live who you know from high school who was trying <laughs> to get at you? Weatherman. Weatherman. Guys, Sam had a chaotic Instagram live. One of the strangest things I've ever seen. Men from across the globe were in there brushing bots. And then someone named Weatherby got in there. What was his name? Weatherman. 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 So there's this guy who spoke to maybe once or twice in high school. He was older than me. I did not know him. He was very weird. And he wanted to be a weatherman when he grew up. Still Um, does. I don't think he has fulfilled that (laughs) – uh, job, uh, but he apparently follows my Bravo historian account and commented in my live chat and said, "I've always thought you were gorgeous since high school." Hey yo! And then was promptly blocked. Blocked immediately. <laughs> when I saw Weatherman pop up, I was like, "Ooh boy!" So we are still guys living a digital life, much like Stanford in this story. <laughs> we are. He is Dick Dick. He is Cal Spear. He is. He's Chicago Cock. Eric P. He's Chicago Cock. <laughs> Now, what I love in this episode, truly, truly so much, in an episode that has some of my favorite stuff from the whole show, this is my favorite Carrie Stanford scene, where they're sitting around drinking Cosmos, he reveals his name, and she lets out the iconic, which I say to my friend Greg all the time, shout out to Greg, I think you're listening, no you didn't. Yeah. With my one man out of town in Paris, I found time to have drinks with my other man. I need your advice. But in order to get it, I have to confess something, and I'm asking you not to judge me. Who am I to judge anyone? I had bangs in the 80s. Okay. I have cyber sex on the internet. And this would be the non-judgment part? My name is Rick9 Plus. No, you didn't. (laughs) Rick9 Plus, how sad is that? Actually, I think it shows a great deal of restraint. You could have been Rick11. So... I've been chatting with this guy, and we have a really great time. But now he wants to meet, and I don't know if I should. Okay, let's figure this out. What do you know about him? His name is Big Tool for you. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Carrie. This is serious. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry, Rick. Absolutely iconic work from Sarah Jessica Parker. Slightly problematic, very up there with when she said, like, ghetto gold for fun about Aiden's ring. It's just like, what's happening? Uh, yeah. It's like, oh, scary. Yeah, but I, I, I love that. And he reveals his name, Rick Nine Plus, and he's meeting up with Big Tool for you. These names. I know, but go on Grinder, guys. You'll plus? see some stuff. These are, by the way, Rick the same. Rick Nine Plus? These are the men messaging me on grinder they're not any better no no you these names are still out there you get names like that you get people like that in your messages oh yeah gay men are sick why do you think i'm always saying abolish white gays oh my god do they say some crazy shit to you and white gays do not you leave any fucking reviews i swear to god i will come for you and those yeah. you all white gays and i know how to find you all you're not too hard to find 
But I do love in the scene, Carrie is such a nice, she's such a good friend in this scene where she listens and then actually gives him really good advice. She says, well, why, Mm -hmm. where does he want to meet you? Why do you want to go? I think you should go then if it's just have a little fun. I love this moment. It's my favorite scene. I know a lot of people point to the we judge moment from, I believe, season five. But this one just feels so comfy cozy. The drinking of the cosmos, the fact that it's just the two of them. It's where you really fall in love with Stanny. Yeah. And you can really tell that they have like a good friendship, that they, you know, that this is an occurrence that happens frequently. And that even though Willie Garson is was straight in real life, that first and foremost, I think he's giving one of the more convincing performances by a straight man playing a gay person but you really do get a sense that this might have been what he and sjp were like if they were just hanging out yeah or at least it feels it was that just way fun yeah so and i fun. like drunk carrie well we'll get to it in a bit <laughs> but then stanford goes to a little club he has to take his shirt off i have been to a club to like clothes off i've Chris. been to a similar club Pants. Yeah, you got to get naked if you want. You have to. Uh, although, no, I'm wondering if you had to get naked. No, you didn't have to get naked in that. I mean, everyone was naked but me, but you had to at least strip down to just your underwear. And it was just a room. And you liked, did you, I think you checked your clothes, like a coat check, but a clothes check. I mean, it was like a sex room. It was not like this nice club. Should I be telling I the story? <laughs> I'm obsessed with this story. I never want you to stop telling it. I mean, that's all there was to it. And I was very self-conscious, but was walking around and looking at every other self-conscious person. Like, your body's beautiful. Do not cover it up. And then they were like, well, what about you? I was like, well, not my body. No one needs to see this. Yeah, you're like, this doesn't apply to me. The body positivity movement does not come over here, sir. And then people were like asking questions, (laughs) including, what do you do? And I told him what I did for work. And I don't think that's what he was asking. What did he mean? Well, first and foremost, you shouldn't whisper. We're on a podcast. What do you mean? (laughs) I'm getting nervous. Well, I think he meant like, what do you do sexually? And I told him I work in fundraising (laughs) and then about several initiatives that my workplace was currently giving. (laughs) And he looked so shocked. Like, you you don't know what room you're in, buddy. Like, people are giving head over there. Like, you, this is not, you're not networking. Oh, my God. I would die. Yeah. Oh, no, this is not for you. You weren't built for that. No, as you always say, I wasn't built for the club. No, 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 no. I'm a nap time girl. I like to nap. I'm not built. Well, no, I've got a few more nights You're out. You're cl- built for the club. I've got like six more nights out the club. For if, by the way, over the course of my lifetime. Oh, okay. But it's always a good time. <laughs> We're gonna go to the club on a Monday night when I'm in Detroit in June. I've been googling. Okay. Oh, did you find any? I haven't really been Googling, but it's like in oh, my okay. head to do it. <laughs> Got it. Okay. I'm going to work like some at connections on the side. Okay. But he meets this really nice guy who enjoys his French underwear who comes over. What did you think of the gentleman and his Stanford's interaction with him? I loved it. I thought it was adorable. I thought it was so cute. And I thought Stanford, like it was cute that he checked behind him because he was like, oh, are you coming over here to talk to me? Which like, I also love because he's standing with his back to the bar. Like there is no one behind right. him. Yeah, I mean, the bartender could have been. I know, but... But, um, yeah, it was just cute, and I thought that they had, like, a cute little connection, and it was funny when Stanford was like, are you big tool for you? And the guy's like, what? Another drink for you? Yeah. And I love Stanford, always with his cigarette, which always reminds me of one of my favorite moments in the first movie when he's asked to carry Carrie's um, gown, and he still has a cigarette in his hand. 
He's yeah. just always doing the best work, Willie Garson, and he's the best and we miss him. Yeah. Should we get into Miranda? Yeah. Let's get into Toll Morant Toll Rambo. <sighs> well, I don't think we've got Rambo here. This is a full Miranda. And I love that in the in this our, is full Miranda in the hallway and in just like that asking, saying, I'm craving me some check. Oh, this is I love that we now have Miranda versus Rambo. I'm gonna define yeah. Miranda is when she's neurotic, Rambo's when she's a little looser. And I think we've got Miranda in this storyline. Really? Yeah, because she meets Jack. Miranda's what did you th- fucking at Mark Twain's house? Under duress. That's Rambo. <laughs> no, Miranda was under duress in this episode by you an think? absolute maniac. What did you think of Jack? Played beautifully by Will Arnett. Oh, I loved it. Did you now there is now where do you land on the Will Arnett is hot spectrum? He's not hot. I think he's think only he's so hot creepy. occasionally on episodes of 30 Rock. Oh, okay. Yeah, he doesn't do it for me. <laughs> but other than that, he's like a freak. Yeah, he just kind of gives me like weird vibes. No one will disgust me more than Buster. Oh, we're gonna get to Buster. But let's talk about this. So she meets Jack. And we quickly discover, I mean, this storyline escalated quick. It's so, quickly. We didn't even see them on like a normal date. And he's like, want to fuck around this corner? Yeah. Would you do it? He's like, let's go to Mark Twain's house. I would not have sex with someone. Although I have had sex outside, but not like in public where I could have. Well, I guess technically we could have gotten caught because we were in public. Right. Where were you? I don't know. You know, I've revealed enough on this episode. I feel like, like our, our listeners like get a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of Were me you in a week. park? No, not, no, no. Oh, okay. And we certainly weren't outside of Mark Twain's house. Would I fuck up Mark Twain's house? Is that what you're asking? Mm-hmm. Um, no, because I don't, And they didn't seem drunk. Like, they weren't, like, loose and, like, tipsy either. And also, the way they were dressed was like it was a day date. I'm assuming that they spent, like, the day together and it turned into the night. That's kind of what I was getting. Yeah, it's not... Yeah, we're not, like... But (laughs) no. Fancy clothing. I don't... I... Well, it's just, like, it's one of... I think fucking, like, that in a public place is kind of, like, fucking in the shower. It's, like, it sounds fun and adventurous, but in the reality, you're just really cold and, like, it's awkward. And head in a cab? Like, it's not sexy. <gasps> Never. Shout out to your parents. I'm glad this is the one time where I feel like you are being like, <laughs> my parents are listening. Oh, no. Like, I genuinely wouldn't. No. Yeah. I thought that was disrespectful, actually. Like, there is a man right there driving like, you. Right. And like. And I, and it's his cab. Fuck? Like, be respectful. Well, also, it's like, how horny are you? Very. No one's that horny. Well, I don't even know. Do you think it's about his horniness? I think he's just a freak. Like he should have been in that he, episode yeah. where they were playing the clown music. Remember the circus music? He should have. Like, yeah. Dude. Yeah. Where Jack I, where is I wild. Oh, Jack God. is wild. I love the name Jack. Jack is a great name. It's such a good name. She shares with the girls that this guy's fucking wild. She's kind of disgusted, but she doesn't know what to do. She keeps going out with him, though, which is like, and at no point is she like, but the sex is amazing. It's kind of weird that she continues to see him. Your love life takes you to Paris, and I'm fucking in the back of a cab. That's lovely. And not just there. We've done it in the bathroom at Bond Street. Oh, I just ate there. The elevator at the Marriott Marquis and a public restroom in Central Park. How very George Michael of you. Uh, we've actually <clears throat> never done it lying down. Or inside, for that matter. 
Miranda, this is supposed to be a relationship, not outward bound. You've got to get this guy in a bedroom and find out what's really there. I'm a little afraid to try. <laughs> he likes the threat of getting caught. I don't know. I've been in that position before. Like, I've... I've been out with people many times, and I'm like, I don't really even like this person. But I continue to see them. But it's just something to do, I guess. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm bored. I mean, they're having sex in now a cab, they're having like sex that. in now a I'm park. Now I'm way too fucking... I'm way too tired. And then I don't do a bathroom? Anymore. It's like, come on, guys. It's giving Jackson Laura Lee. Yeah, but then eventually, he she gets him into a bedroom, and they're going at it. She's moaning up a storm, but then if you actually look, it's not like he's penetrated her. I don't know the, he, the staging of the scene, but he has like pants on. I think he just whipped his willy out. I don't know. It just was like not staged. They should have just pulled the camera up a bit so you really couldn't see the fact that there's no way he could have been inside. Like it wasn't just staged properly, but she's moaning oh. up a storm. He's just moaning and groaning. A mess. She's giving him a good performance. And then in walks his parents. And they're, by the way, doing such like their baby. It's like he's a child. Son? Jackie? Yeah. It's like, it's like, they're like comically like old and doddering. Although the dad kind of looked like, hmm, what's going on with you? We've seen this before. <laughs> I just, the face that Jack makes when he was humping and pumping, it just, it really is burned into my brain. I mean, he really, he sat it. It was akin to when, you know, Carrie dates uh, Thoreau the second time and he has his little, like, moments, you know? Yeah, his little... And those are tough. But this is, you know, one of many iconic freaks that Miranda has to date. Who's your favorite? Who's my favorite or least favorite? Or actually, yeah, let's... uh, Who's your favorite, which automatically means your least favorite? Like, who's the worst? I don't know. I'm kind of obsessed with the guy that um, hates Carrie, and he like yells at her. <laughs> oh, why don't? Why do I not even remember that? Remember they met him at the funeral of the guy. That excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, just like burp. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <I'm>, like throwing. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. Oh God! <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> That's upsetting. <laughs> I normally would have just moved on, but it's too bad I couldn't. The guy that I hate the most is the guy when Miranda thinks that guy stands her up, but he died, and she goes to the funeral and she meets Carrie's like ex, and then they hit it off, and she's like, "He's so nice, Carrie," and Carrie's like, "No, he's an asshole." I don't remember this story at all. Have we seen this episode already? What? Have we seen this episode already, or is it coming up? It's coming. Okay, well, I look forward to remember. <laughs> is the actor someone you famous, or is it just a little nobody? I think it's just a little nobody. But he's the guy, and he like he like hates Carrie, and they're at the dinner. The only thing I can remember is when when Charlotte dates the guy who Carrie used no. to date, our king, actually, Kevin. Yeah, no, it's not him. It's. This guy, she meets him at the funeral, and Carrie's like, oh, my God, I went out with him. He's such an asshole. And Miranda's like, no, he's so nice. The funeral of who? The guy that was supposed to go out with Miranda, but he died. <laughs> I don't remember this story at all. I can't wait to see it. You don't remember this? No, it, a Miranda part of me thinks, thinks you're making it up. up. Are you having a stroke? No when, she gets, no, when she gets stood up, and she calls, and his mom answers. And she's like, <laughs> well, you great raised story. a son. Yes, it's coming up. I'm so excited for you to watch it. This is an amazing story. It's I can't wait to see that. 
she's like, he died. And then the, and then they like, go to the funeral. Yeah. And then how does the guy who Carrie dated know this man? Do we drop into that as like his brother? Friends? No, they were like college. I think Are they were sure college friends. Are you sure this isn't an episode of like New Girl? I swear to God. <laughs> Because this, is this real... isn't even like dropping into like I've seen this storyline in any other show. It's like really? a show I've never seen. The Chris, this... I'm picturing Schmidt and the gang. <laughs> no, no, this is this is. I look for guys. Do by the way, don't message and me. And he's an asshole. And he's mean to Carrie. Yes. And Miranda stands up to him at the dinner. Nothing is flashing to me about this. Oh my god, because because he's like you. He like basically called. Why Carrie is selfish. Carrie at the dinner? Because Miranda wants to prove to her that she is that he's a nice guy. Is this a multi-episode arc, or is this all within one? <laughs> it's all in one episode. Is this Steve? <laughs> Miranda, I hate Carrie. No, now it's going to drive me crazy. Now I have to look it up. All right, you look like, it up while I like, give wait, you some of I? my faves. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Go I love Roger Cobb, the guy with the kid. He's the fucking worst. His kid's such an asshole. Sorry, my work phone is ringing. <laughs> oh, I thought that was the ice cream truck. <laughs> Should I take it? Uh, yeah. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> Ugh, I hate the, the games people play episode. Okay. Um. All right, guys, we're going to take a little break while Sam looks this up, and then we'll be right back. You know those cigarette butts that you see every day? They're made of microplastics and they line our streets and waterways. On California beaches, they're the number one plastic you'll find. Over 35 years, cleanups have collected millions combined. But no matter where you see them, they're all getting smaller, eventually leaching into our food, our air, our water. The tobacco industry's to blame for all of the harm that they do. For the harm to the people we love. And the harm to you, too. Learn more at undo.org. Money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce. Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but Facet helps you with today. You get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision. Inflation, interest rates, stock market changes, home prices. How do you figure it all out? Well, every advisor at Facet is a certified financial planner and fiduciary. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit TryFacetWealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T-Wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Frenemies. In Season 3, Episode 16, Miranda's first date turns into a wake when the guy drops dead. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, it sounds, there must be something else in that episode I don't like, and I skip it often. There must be. Or maybe it's, it's this storyline. I'm like, I don't like this story. <laughs> oh. I, he's my least favorite guy, but I love to hate him. All right. Who is yours? Roger Cobb, who's the guy with the kid. I think that kid's such a fucking asshole who, like, hits Miranda with the <sighs> stick disgusting i also hate doug <laughs> the bathroom the bathroom the with the open door jim gaffigan foul disgusting 
But my least favorite, and it's just because I just find the actor to be so distasteful, good use of word, is Tom the Overeater. I hate him. There's something about his like face, and I know that's rude to say, but look, you're an Sensible. actor and you're getting your face out to the people. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, yeah. that's what you're up to. We're not writing him reviews on his face. We're just talking about it behind his back like a normal person. <laughs> if I was to see him in person, I would be so lovely and tell him how much I appreciate his work. And I'd probably fuck him. Oh, wow. It'd be a good story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he's so ugly. So those are my least favorite of uh, Miranda's freaks. And I look forward to this season three episode frenemies. Yeah. <laughs> You know, look, season three, I am so laser focused on the big carry affair. I can't I can't focus on anything else. This comes after that. Oh, then I'm like, who knows what's going on after that? Yeah, then you're you're just ready to dive into season four. Yeah, I'm like, let's just get back to the Aiden debacle and get to get to what's what, you know? Yeah. I personally my one of my favorite guys that Miranda dates is the ophthalmologist. Fuzzy on him. <laughs> Oh, oh the, the guy who couldn't get her off? Yes. He was hot, but I don't care for the fact hot, that, you know, and he was really trying his best. He was trying, and he was open to communicating no, about it, and I thought you, that was nice. When you hit on a man who you like that Miranda dated, I thought you would have landed at Dr. Robert. <laughs> I think that's where most people... Oh. <laughs> yeah. I think Dr. that's where Robert most people land, the, or Steve... I, you know, I kind of forgot about him. I, I, was, I was thinking of just her one and dones. I wasn't thinking of, like, relationships. I don't think... Oh, you know who we ultimately did like was the guy who wanted to play porn. <laughs> but oh, we did grow to like him once we related it to Housewives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were like, oh, if, well, if you think of it as just TV he enjoys, then yeah, Miranda should chill the fuck out. Yeah. And I was like, I would be furious if someone told me that. Most of Miranda's one. Actually, now that I think of it, I'm like, well, she was wrong in that situation. Because remember the guy who she like rummaged <laughs> through his apartment and then like stole his porn and brought it back. Then the one who she spanked. Then the one who was like, I got to get out of here because I have the shits. <laughs> God, I need this Miranda back. I can't handle, I can't handle Rambo. I need chaotic Miranda. I need the Miranda that has braces. I need the Miranda that's gets the alcoholic. Uh, oh, the gym, the gym, the hot gym guy. No, the hot cop. Oh, but they meet at the gym. No. <laughs> Have you ever seen this? Have you ever seen Sex and the City? No, they meet at the gym. Oh, you're talking about the hot cop who she dates when Carrie gets robbed. Yeah. I'm talking about the hot guy she meets at the gym and then she drinks too much oh, on the date. Oh, and she's like, I love my life. Yes. I don't remember Love her that. date really with the hot cop, but I'm thinking of the hot guy from the gym when she gets hammered and then wakes up the next day and they do that like weird cameras. No, that's with the cop. How many times does Miranda get drunk <laughs> on dates? She's a mess. Miranda slash Rambo is out of control. Out of, we're we're also out of control. This podcast has taken turns left and right. This episode is guys, we're back, baby. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> we are off the tracks. The train has left the tracks. Should we get into Charlotte? Yes. Because Charlotte sure, sure. is carrying this episode comedically, much like she carried in Just Like That, because mm-hmm. we're introduced to her love of shoes, which, I mean, tracks for who Charlotte is, but does kind of yeah. bother me because we've never really heard that she's super into shoes or fashion. Like, that hasn't been a defining thing of her quite yet. Nor is the fact that she's on a budget. I was surprised that they brought that on for her because it's like, Charlotte don't got no budget. Right. 
But this is also pre-Trey. So it's like, we don't really know her financial situation. We just assume she's okay. Given her nice apartment and the fact that she works at like a shitty like art thing. Art thing? What are those things called? Galleries? Galleries. I, <laughs> while I like movies, I have never cared for the visual arts in that way. <laughs> but she wants the timeshare for the Hamptons, so she's saving up. I like that bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, that we're heading to a trip and also heading to my man, Dr. Bradley Migo, my fuzzy nipple king. Oh my God. I, you guys aren't ready for that episode to happen. Go back and listen to the Tweety fight. Cause if you thought that was bad or, um, who's the guy who's Pat, what was his name? Patrick from and just like that. Peter. Oh, fuck me. Peter. <laughs> That guy. Oh, do you know what else people are mad at us? And by the way, shout out to Amanda, a dear friend. We could not remember the name of, um, no, his name, Jimmy? Jackie. Jackie's (laughs) fiance wife. It is smoke. I believe you went through stone, (laughs) steel. I call their stores. (laughs) And people are like, it's smoke, you dumb bitch. Because no she likes to review. smoke. No wonder I got that review. She's <laughs> like this fucking idiot girl. Oh, guys, we... Her name is Smoke. <laughs> Which everyone's like, you should know that. And I'm like, guys, that's not a normal name. <laughs> no, that's Storm, Stormy, Stone, Steel. Stone. This isn't Patience Steel. and Peter. Oh my god. Missing them. S- smoke. Smoke. People were And you know it you know it's it is probably annoying because I hate that when I'm listening to a podcast and like they keep saying the name wrong of someone and I'm like I mean I didn't know it at all. You rattled off like three names and we still didn't land on it. And look, I just called Peter Patrick. So I've honestly just put yeah, it just like sure that did. in the rear view mirror. Yeah. Wow. But oh, not wow. only do we learn of Charlotte's love of shoes, we meet Buster, who's played by the great James Urbaniak, who was on one of my favorite shows, Difficult People, with Billy Eichner and Julie Klausner on Hulu. He played Arthur. He's one funny guy, and I'll tell you, he sells the hell out of this freak. Buster? Buster gets me good, in terms of just, like, comedy. I... How do I say this? Mm-hmm. I don't like looking at him. I find him to be creepy. Well, I, I think you're en- supposed to find Buster creepy. I know, but like, <laughs> I just like, he makes me so uncomfy when I'm watching. I'm just like, oh, like, I just hate these scenes. I know, but that's the intent, baby. And I thought it was perfectly executed oh, when, God. when when he, he when she goes to return the shoes and, she, and he says, why? And she goes, you know why? I was laughing. I thought she did such a great job with this whole story. And we see, oh, I guess that's a nice like little nod back to the Miranda storyline. We've got two men just like coming. He's massaging feet and coming. But I did appreciate the scene between them on the street where Charlotte has to admit like, this is what I'm doing is not right. Excuse me, Miss Charlotte. What is happening south of your ankles? Oh, they're new. Do you like them? Oh, I love them. 500? Oh, no. Not that much. The guy just kind of gave me a deal. How much? Um, free. Why? And where is he? 
Well, he just, he really wanted me to have them. I mean, he just really loves it when people love shoes. Sweetie, this is New York City. Nobody loves anything that much. Well, I let him hold my feet, just a little. The second she said it out loud, she knew what she had to do. Would you have gone back? To return them, I think I would have. I, I, I think really? I would. Yeah, because I would look at them all the time and think, oh, I should not have taken these. I would at least try the same exact same thing what would have happened with me is like, I have to give these back. Then the minute he said he was going to throw them away, I would have been like, all right, we'll just hand them over. Now, what I wouldn't have done is then let him massage my feet again. And sniff the shoes and lick his fingers. It was making me laugh. Her reaction. Ugh. Kristen Davis is our comedy queen. Just she her, is. She was. She was. Just really her scene. You know why? <laughs> I loved it. There isn't I much just, here. To but... watch him come, I was just like, oh, <laughs> I'm ooh, laughing. I now. just wanted to kill myself. <laughs> I, you know, I just felt like we're back in terms of this story. It's like we're not playing tennis. We're not bringing coffees. We're not doing Demi yeah, Lovato. We're not lines. having our period. Yeah, we're having. There's sex. There's as come. Buster would say. Sorry, not sorry. I love Buster. I love James Urbaniak. If you have not seen Difficult People, you should watch it. He's a great character on that. Should we get into the heart of the matter? Because we're going long. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's get into Carrie. Carrie, Carrie, Carrie. So just to catch us up where we left Carrie, the whole last episode was about how Big did not want her shit in his apartment. (laughs) She was then assuaged by the fact that she found a random photo in his top drawer. Right. Not even framed. Not framed, just a loose photo. Don't know where it came from. Nice connection to him just like that. It's from the, while it's not the same picture that Big would have on his bedside table, it is from the same evening. Who was photographing them from multiple angles (laughs) at that dinner when he sang when I was 64? When I was 17. (laughs) Is it when I was 17? Yes. Is when when I was 64. <laughs> was when I, I think that's that a Beatles song. song, isn't it? No. Chris. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Is that a song? You think that's the song Big was singing? No, no, restaurant? but that is a song, isn't it, Brian? I don't know. <laughs> Producer don't Brian know King, is this a song? Oh, When I'm 64 by the Beatles. Okay, so it is a real song, but yes. not the song Big was singing. Okay. Thank you to producer Brian. When I'm 64 is, in fact, a song, but Sam is also correct that it is not the song he was singing. Although he should no. be singing that. <sighs> Both great karaoke songs. But that's just where we left them. And I think that's important to kind of set the stage for the mania we're about to see go down in this episode. I have never felt more seen in my life. So we're hanging out with the girlies. We're at the S&M restaurant. Carrie decides to leave. Samantha gives her the paddle and a top hat. Now, can I ask, is a top hat a part of S&M? I don't know why I would have the answer to that question. I think it's just supposed to be like a ringleader with like a whip, like a circus. Uh, Okay, that makes a lot more sense because I was like, she's not like Mr. Monopoly. I don't know. (laughs) She's not doing like 
chorus line. Yeah. One sinuous sensation. I will sing the whole song. I used to sing it so loud in the shower because I would hope that someone would walk by somehow had a connection to a record label and they would hear me. And that's how I'd be discovered. Did that ever happen? I lived in an apartment building. You think people who live there <laughs> knew they, they, the they, record? Let's not disparage people who live biz. in apartments. You are in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, it's a musical legacy. No, it wasn't. It's no, we don't have to get into that. Anyways, Barry Gordy could have heard you. Barry Gordy. <laughs> All my references are like, the, I'm like George Gershwin. <laughs> Barry Gordy. <laughs> This is unhinged. I swear to God, I'm going to lose it. Okay. <laughs> so Carrie heads over and they instantly start having sex up against a wall. I didn't appreciate how Big took her jewelry and just threw it. I felt like, let's place oh. my jewelry down. It really upset me. I didn't like that. I did. I hated the hearing the clanging on the floor. It really, I know. Like, I was like, jar- that is not jarring. how you handle like jewelry. Come on, well, Big. She probably knows it's Costume well, it's costume like, jewelry. I mean, yeah. <laughs> although Carrie doesn't have a budget, it's probably real. Not this version of Carrie. That's maybe in just like that version of Carrie. Or season four on. She- yeah, when she starts making that book money. Or they just stop caring about like any kind of realism. Yeah, very true. But then the next morning, they're hanging out, biggest packing. Carrie's in bed, not helping at all, looking adorable. She looks great. I did notice Big's apartment is very sparse. And I don't know if that's like to say like he's like just a man and is cold or like a production thing. Because I also noted Stanford's apartment when they showed it was very, very sparse. Like I don't think they had a lot of money for production budgets. So I was just like, this is an empty canvas. Well, even Carrie's apartment at this time is not that. Is not as like upped as it should be. They were really relying on having them out in the world where you could get that kind of production sites for free. Yeah. but. I was kind of looking around. I was like, if I went into Big's apartment, I would think he was a serial killer. And given how he behaves in this episode, it's not great. What do you think of his very casual reveal he's moving to Paris? Annoying. Very man. I would fucking flip out. I I am, you guys, like, we joke about me being Dizzy Carrie. There's so many instances where I'm like, that. I would have that reaction. Or I have. I do appreciate that, right, they they layer it so well because they have her factoring him in in terms of her summer plans before yeah. she can go in on this timeshare. And he is, he's the fucking best, this guy. He's, the way they write this motherfucker is so good. <laughs> he lands it just like, oh, well, you know, I'll have to let you know I might be moving to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe gone for the summer a uh, year. Summer, seven months, uh, might be a year. Could you hand me that? It's she gets up on that bed stands on it which i love the choice to have her like just for the ones actually be bigger than him yeah i loved the how she was relating to him there and then she slumps down but he is this pimp talk i mean this guy is the fucking (laughs) worst and best though he's just so well written in terms of like just being a fucking man yeah like i felt so bad for her and i was like this guy is so like, he loves her, but he he can't give her what she wants. And then he says the thing that, to me, would have gotten him strangled so he wouldn't even have made it to the plane when he <laughs> says, don't get carried away. I would have strangled him lifeless. That is so cold. The kind of calm down, you're going, you're yeah, being, you're like, crazy. Yeah. Do like the nice nod to getting carried away, which would become the tagline of the I think the second movie, and then is set in the first one, 
a man who finally got carried away. Um, if I was her, I would have remembered that as a different line because this is something that would have imprinted on me for the rest of my life. Like, how do, how oh, dare 100%. you use a fucking pun with my name in it to tell me to calm down? You piece of shit. No one would have seen him again. Honestly. Yeah. But then she goes and meets the girls and has, I really think, one of a classic Carrie moment where she breaks down. Classic breakdown, hitting the table. Sarah Jessica Parker, best actress of our time. I wanted to kill him. And he's standing there giving me the, what's the big problem eyes? You know, I don't understand you. Like, it's my problem. Okay, just calm down. There are ways to make this work. It's just seven months and you can go visit him in Paris and he can come back here. No, it's not about that. It's about the fact that I wasn't even a factor in his decision-making process. Totally. Men do this all the time. Women walk around thinking we, and their version of we is me and my dick. Totally. I mean, just tell me what's going on. Is that too much to ask? Um, Carrie, I'm thinking about going to France for the rest of my life. Am I right? Totally. You know, one minute he's all over me, and the next minute he's pushing me away, and I just, I just cannot believe this is happening again. Yes, all right, calm down. There'll be no breaking of things. Why do I keep doing this to myself? I must be a masochist or something. That's when I first realized it. I was in an S&M relationship with Mr. Big. And I love that all the women are there. It's We still get our kind of drop a moment, let's have them all talk about it. They all agree that men think of them and their dicks when they're thinking of we. I will say I didn't miss these kind of clunky <laughs> scenes of them like, <laughs> sparring off in terms of an idea and like ringing their bell in terms of how they feel uh-huh i was like missing it through all of it just like that then we got to it this moment and i was like i don't know if i like these scenes as much i really liked it i do get what you're saying that it was clunky but i love the sjp breakdown yeah like that's what i mean and i you know they were all just like he's a dick he's yeah a it dick. was more the writing of the other three women but the rant she goes on i think is amazing and very well done and i love the fact that they make the choice to have the background actors there's a guy behind her who is really like oh she's going through it yeah she's down bad and then if only to make sure she wins the golden globe for best actress in a comedy or musical for season two of sex in the city <laughs> We go from this great scene to the drunk dial. It's 5.30 in the morning. What is it? I would like to know how you could even think of going to Paris and not even think about discussing it with me. Huh? I think about you all the time. What's he doing? What's he thinking? But you know. When were you planning to tell me? Are you still there? Yes. Okay, well, because I think about you all the time. No, no. Correction. Correction. I think about us all the time. Can we get into this another time? I was sleeping. Oh, look, look, look. It's never a good time for you. You're always sleeping or you're ready or you're going, going, going. You're always going. You're fucking taxi. And then you're on a plane to France for maybe a year. Well, you're a freaking old man. You should be thinking about somebody else. This is not fake us. This is real. Even if you don't know it, it is. I am a woman. A wo-man. SJP wrote this. The way I felt the strunk dial in my heart and my spirit. In this moment, we were all carries. We were all. Because we've all done this. We've all done this, but it could have been a text, not a call. 
Oh, I, I'm actually not in, or, well, back in my day when I was up to like more chaotic stuff, I was never a drunk texter. I was always, I'm going to get you on the horn and like, do this. Oh, wow. I always kind of knew to like, let's not get this in writing so I can have a little plausible deniability Say it, forget the next it, day. write it, regret it. Yeah. As Dorinda Medley says. But I love this moment. SJP, I I believe this is a moment she wrote or worked on very heavily with Michael Patrick King. She's so good in it. I love when she's saying, I am a woman, a woman man. She's so good. <laughs> Spilling her drink everywhere. You're fucking off to Paris. I mean, it is everything in terms of just a centerpiece of the episode. And honestly, I think she looks so beautiful in this scene. I would not look that good at like midnight if I was drunk off martinis. You saw me on Instagram Live a couple weeks ago. A lot of people did. My eyes were a little sleepy and I didn't realize and I had McChicken on my shirt. It was really a total disaster. But then she ultimately decides that she can meet him in Paris and that she can do it. Oh, we should also add that this is where Paris, by the way, is introduced. In season one, they weren't going to Paris. They're just going on a trip, although she's dressed like they're going to Paris. It makes no sense what she's wearing in that yeah. season one finale. But all of the Paris stuff in season six and his ashes and the at the ending of and just like that is all rooted in this one episode, this one fantastic episode of television. She decides that she can go. She says it wouldn't be so bad to go visit your boyfriend. But she does something here that, you know, I will share. Like I went through a breakup mid-COVID. And a lot of people said like, oh, well, are you not going to move with him? And I said, well, A, I don't want to, but also like I wasn't invited. And Carrie starts making plans here before an invitation has been extended. And that's where she goes wrong. She puts on a beret, gets his French food, knocks on that door. And the way she's received, I mean, it's like chilling. The way he's the way he's acting towards her from the moment the doors open you know he's already decided, like, I need to end this, but I don't know how to actually start the conversation. So he's kind of trying yeah. to trap her into saying something. She talks about writing La Sex in the City. I mean, the whole thing she's is going like, on a ranch. She's got McDonald's. She's got his greasy food, which, by the way, that's what that's why you fell off that fucking Peloton, you son of a bitch. I'm sorry. Big has <laughs> got me hot in this episode. And not yeah, like he I've used to. Yeah, I've never seen you like this. No, I've never seen you like this. It's kind of why I'm speechless. I'm like, I don't... I mean, I don't know. What did you think of this scene? I mean, I love it. It's beautifully written, I think, in terms of the tightrope between the two of them that they have to walk Mm -hmm. to get to the end. Yeah. But infuriating. Infuriating. And when she throws the the food across the room and it hits the TV, I was like... I see that Big (sighs) Mac secret sauce on that TV in my nightmares. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I'm like, oh, those pickles. But... I mean, just like you said, like, they're doing this, like, there's dance with each other. And when she says, like, I just can't do this anymore. And he just goes, I understand. I'm like, you motherfucker. You said you loved me. I do. Then why does it hurt so fucking much? (gasps) I mean, it's, to me, this is their best breakup. Oh, it's so good. I mean, yes, the jilting. I don't know. Is, I kind of like the one. The jilting? In the, in the, no, I like the, um, like, not, they're not dating, but it's after the affair. And she's like, we're over. Oh, and then the ele- the doors we close new, behind we her. We need a new word for over. Yeah. 
That moment always reminds me, shout out to my Grey's Anatomy heads, when she says that when Meredith walks down Christina's aisle in the third season, she says, it's over. So over. And it's supposed to be about Christina's wedding, but it's still a metaphor for her and Derek. And then I love that when Mama Burke comes the next episode, the next season, and it's like, so you're either incredibly rude or selfish. Which one? Or both. I die for I die for mama. I die for mama. Did you see someone posted Che's anatomy? Uh, you sent it to me, so yeah. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. But one thing I do want to say about this, I did was texting my friend Bree and shout out to her because she loves Sex in the City. And I said, I would never run around in a beret for a man. A close friend throwing a Parisian party, yes. A man, absolutely not. So I just want everyone to know if you were thinking about putting a beret on, don't do it. Do not buy men their greasy food. Do not put on any costumes for them. Men are embarrassing, and this is how they treat you when you show up. You will end up throwing that food at them and storming out. Yes. It's embarrassing. Do you know how fucking stupid she probably felt walking home? In that hat? Like, I just wore a beret. It's definitely, it's giving, like, I put a bird on my head. Yeah. Like, yeah, bitch. You are putting a lot of things in your head for the sand. And here's what else which you don't do, ladies and gay men out there. You don't open the door for that man when he comes over later. Dizzy. But she opened it. I do love how the camera's actually outside of the apartment and they start making out right as the door closes. And then it cuts to Carrie the next day just thinking about whether or not she can continue to do this. And ultimately she decides she needs to release herself and send him on his goddamn Mary. Mm-hmm. One thing... I do really like about their breakups is is that it's always related to leaving New York City. In the first one, he's going on this vacation here. He's moving to Paris. Obviously, he'll move to California at one point. And then just like that, he leaves this mortal coil. He's always leaving this motherfucker. I mean, you can't get him to like just sit still. But I thought the ending was really, really beautiful. I thought she obviously looked amazing in her little bra and panties. I mean, just... But And to see them staring at each other out the window, I thought was incredibly moving in a nice oh, moment. Oh, it was great. And it's e- they're even further away than their first breakup. Like, at least they were on eye level. So it's like, I re-entered this relationship, and I'm even further from this man this second time around. And, you know, to take it back to her at the church with Miranda, she just can't get in. She just can't. Then he walks he away in his hideous, purple shirt. big-ass purple shirt. His little Barney outfit. Big was down bad in this episode. I'm Ugh, so sick of him. And then we hear the ending monologue. And it's um a very, and just like that ending. It is. <laughs> I noticed that. I was like, oh. Although it's a little bit longer. And just like that, I had untied myself from Mr. Big. I was free. But there was nothing exquisite about it. What do you think Carrie is free of? I mean, other than big running her ragged. Probably just like the constant stress of like, is he in it? Is he not? Like, that's exhausting. It's so fucking exhausting to constantly feel like you're having to take the temperature of your relationship. It's like, I can't do it. I know, but I mean, talk about a relatable episode. I just have to say this one. No, I know. I'm and, like, been there. And this one, it does feel like, uh, you know, having just finished nine weeks of in just like that being much further from the age of those women 
And I will say a lot of the people who messaged me who really enjoyed and just like that were a closer in age to those women. I certainly really liked it and I'm not. But for me, going back to this, I was like, everyone who was talking about how fun and light Sex in the City is, I was like, have you all seen this episode? It's devastating, dark. The fashion is it's not, we're not getting a lot of cotton candy fun in La Dolores Squeeze. It is a pretty heartbreaking ending, this one. It is. And you kind of don't know where, where she's going to go, where he's going to go. Like, you're just left and there's there's a part of me this episode feels like a i mean right it's kind of nice it that like it's not finale. the series finale it's not the season finale of season two but i believe this is the 13th episode of season two um the 12th episode. the 12th and i think the first season was 12 episodes so the first so this season being longer there are 12 episodes that kind of concern big in the same way the first season did so this is the first time i think I wonder if audiences in 99 were like, yeah, we're done. Like, this guy's gone. We're not going to see him again. I would love to ask someone who watched it. I mean, I can't remember how I felt when I was watching it, but I was also like 10. So I was probably right. like, he's a he's going to be around. I don't know. Yeah, I was just watching it. Yeah, I was like, what's happening with these ladies? They're having, what sex? Yeah. What did you think of the fashion in this one? Like you said, it was kind of like a non-event. Like, I just didn't really think about it. I thought she looked beautiful. I thought she looked beautiful in bed with him the next day, but there was no outfit that really stood out to me. Mm-mm. I agree. Other than Miranda's hair looked great while they were at the S&M restaurant. I did notate that. Yeah, I do. And I also liked Samantha's like sexy S&M outfit. It was fun. I wish we'd seen more of her. Yeah. What did you think of the men? Who are you sleeping with? We got, I mean, Buster... Who else have we got? <laughs> I'm sleeping with the waiter. Honest, wait, that's exactly that, that my note. Ass. The one who she whipped? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, the yeah. other men in this episode are too much for me. Sickos. Yeah, I was going, they are definitely, are you sickos? Yeah, it's giving, are you sickos? And the only hot take I have on this one, I'm sorry I can't, don't hate me. I'm kind of glad to see Big Gone, and I know that's antithetical to where... I was watching these original episodes, but oof, this episode, he is the fucking worst. Like, I think this is the big that when people say they hate him, they're thinking about. Yeah, 100%. And the one that cheats on his wife. Well, you know, (laughs) I have some controversial opinions there. (laughs) And we're going to get to it. Um, I think we know. And and also, it's like, it it excites me to know that, like, Aiden is coming. Because I just, even though I, I'm not a big Aiden fan, I like that era of Carrie. By the way, I hate Aiden. Not an Aiden stan at all. But I do love that era of the show. So, I mean, you know, for me, I'm more excited for the Bill Kelly of season three than the Aiden years. Um, yeah. And I know you just said earlier you're not a games people play person. But I really, I mean, John Bon Jovi gets me good in that episode. Yeah, it's not one of my favorite. It's not one of my favorite episodes, but I just think about John Bon Jovi's a cutie. He looks so fucking good in it. Yeah. When they're playing Twister. I've had a man come over to play Twister in my room just because of that episode in college. What? I was like, you know what I could recreate tonight? A man coming over and playing Twister. Because oddly, I had a Twister game in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm giving this episode 10 out of 10. It's one of my faves. I think that, yes, we could have more Samantha in this, but 
just the Carrie stuff to me is perfect, iconic. I love the Stanford storyline. The Charlotte stuff makes me laugh. The Miranda, you know, story is classic, weird sex in the city. The only thing I would have liked was more Samantha, but if we had to swap her out, I love that we got more Stanford. And just when I think of sex in the city, I think of them in the kitchen throwing that Big Mac and the drunk phone call. To me, that is almost the pinnacle of what this show is when it's really, really great. What would you give it? I would give it like a seven and a half. I really, really loved the Big and Carrie stuff because I feel like it is their relationship. Like it's like when I think of Big and Carrie, I unfortunately think of this kind of back and forth, not really communicating, not being on the same page, the stress, the tension, you know. The bad. Yeah. So I give it a, yeah, I give it a seven and a half. And I totally get that. There's a lot of, if, there's a lot of nonsense in this episode that I justify because of how much, how good I like to carry stuff. But I just think it's a perfect, it, it is the episode of the show where I think it becomes Sex in the City. From yeah, now on out, the show is kind of has its right balance. I agree with you. Which underscore mama of seven are going to And in fact, well, what is your favorite episode then? Oh, Motherboard Myself. Okay. Yeah. That's no- my favorite episode. That whole run in season four of like him moving his stuff in and she's like you have Rogaine in the speed stick like though that is my favorite i think my second favorite would probably be splat oh that's a good one love to see love to see it you're living in a fantasy (sighs) much like our reviewers if they think our podcast is going to get any (laughs) any better yeah Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week discussing Season 2, Episode 13, Games People Play. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out the other podcasts from The Dip, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, But Now We Said It, and of course, Hot Off The Mess. And you can follow us online. I'm at Lewis 1219 Sam, where are you? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram, and I'm at Take Yours Aloft on Twitter. All right. Bye. Bye. Hurry in to Mattress Firm's July 4th sale. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses and get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags and the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, amazing animal attractions, and this. Coke is summer refreshment, so you can hop on another ride, like the all-new Sidewinder Safari. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 off passes or daily tickets starting at $39.99.